After 30 years of research, three authors have released a book that details the history of a little-known tile factory in South Milwaukee. The book is called Carl Bergman and the Continental Fans and Tile Company. It tells the story of Carl Bergman, a Belgian immigrant, and showcases thousands of his handmade tiles. Lake Effect's expert Nunez speaks with one of the authors, Ben Tayeski, who's a local tile maker himself. He starts by explaining the significance of the tiles here in Milwaukee. So this book is worth nearly 30 years of research, yet at the very beginning of the book, it's mentioned that it wasn't originally intended for this research to become a book. What made you or the other authors decide that Carl Bergman's and Continental, his South Milwaukee tile factory, was worth writing a book about? Well, when we think about Milwaukee ceramics, at least in a historical perspective with the built environment, there might not be a lot of thought on it other than cream bricks. Milwaukee is famous for its cream bricks. However, there's many other ceramic building materials, including art tiles. And so I'm really lucky in that I got to start on this project and also that my co-authors, Kelly Dudley and Kathy Roberts, uh, I'm very lucky that they weren't finished with this project. Kelly and Kathy had started working on this when I was middle school, pretty much. So for about 20 years at that point, they had already been learning about Carl Bergman and the Continental Finance and Tile Company. And you know, there had been newspaper articles written about it a lot in the Milwaukee Journal and back in the 20s and 30s. But since then, it's not like this information's plastered on billboards everywhere. <laughs> the, the story was sort of lost to time. So when Kelly and Kathy started learning about it, you know, they didn't have all the knowledge out there. They had to, they had to find that knowledge. And uh, the first book that I worked on was the architectural terracotta of Milwaukee County. And so uh, when that book got done, I had heard about this local ceramics manufacturer, and I wanted to start digging into this. Right. And why do you think that Carl Bergman is someone that people should know about, or why is his story important to Milwaukee? So Carl Bergman's important to Milwaukee because we live with the products that they created in their factory. We live with those tiles, and we live with those tiles in our homes, in our schools, churches, even in businesses still. And I always thought that tile was something that belonged in Florida, California, Europe, Middle East. So to learn that we have that we have this here is really special. He was a major artist in Milwaukee in the 1920s and 30s. And he was a major artist in the American ceramics field as well uh, because he had a career in Zanesville, Ohio. There were many ceramic factories there. And, they, and in Zanesville, they produced bricks, tiles, all sorts of ceramic products that are all across the nation. And then he started a business in Flint, Michigan. And he had three, four years of a career there developing an art tile company that's also all over the nation. And then he moved to South Milwaukee. And at about 35, 36 years old, he started this tile company that a lot of major artists in the Milwaukee community went there. And he was not just an artist, he was not just a businessman. He was very poetic and philosophical, and he inspired others. The individuals that worked at the Continental Plant, not everybody was an artist. But to him, it was important that artist within them was developed. Absolutely. I think that's something that stood out to me when I was reading the book myself was who was working 
with him or for him. And the book talks about how much of Bergman's experiences growing up in Belgium influenced his work, especially the design of his tiles. What are some examples in Milwaukee that show this work? Well, I'd like to answer that by talking specifically about the tiles. I was very hungry to sort of unveil what made Bergman's tiles unique. Because if you're looking at interwar period tiles between World War I and World War II, a lot of the themes that were present were ships and animals and historical events and the, the birth of the nation. And it's very easy for people looking at this type of art tile and to think, who did it? It's difficult to see because to the untrained eye, they're all very similar. <laughs> and if you look at the decorative motifs carved into the decorative inserts, and a lot of those motifs go back to designs that come from Belgium or Europe. I mean, it was called the Continental Faience Tile Company. So he was definitely aiming to bring back that European style to the Americans' built environment, as a lot of people wanted as well. So some of those, some of those motifs included these curly volutes. And if you look at a lot of Dutch tile specifically, there's this thing called the oxbow. And you'll see it in the corner of the tiles, like the horns of an ox. And you see literal motifs that are oxbow motifs on some of continental tiles. There's this beautiful 12-inch design of tulip medallions. If you go to the Bradley Symphony Center, if you walk in their gorgeous lobby, you'll see these tulips, and they're, and they're really beautiful, and they're purple. Purple glazed ceramics is not normal. So you'll see this motif, though, as well, represented in many other variations on these tiles that you don't see in other American tile manufacturers from this time. You know, it's mentioned in the book that Bergman's tiles are often confused for the work of other tile makers. It's mentioned the California tile maker Ernest Batchelder. Mm. What makes Bergman's work distinguishable? Or how were you able to correctly identify his work? Well, for us, correctly identifying the tile, a lot of that was based on the shards that Kelly and Kathy had collected. There's thousands of shards that were at the factory site, and Kelly and Kathy had the privilege of noticing these when they were there, and they went through that field and, and recovered a lot of them from just being lost. So these shards really helped give us a guide to what was continental tile, because in the early 2000s, there were no drawings or sales brochures that we had to tell us this. And they found those things throughout the years as well. One really significant find that they had gotten from the plant as well were these shop drawings of the tile designs that they had, and they had numbers on them as well, which was like finding gold for us. So that, in addition to the shards, were the two main finds that helped us identify what is continental. And one of the major distinctions in contrast to Ernest Batchelder was that Continental's tiles are very brightly glazed. The, the main type of Batchelder tile that we associate that aesthetic with are these muted, neutral colors with a blue glaze in the recessed carved areas. So they're very soft colored and muted, uh, whereas Continental tiles are bright. It definitely seems like you guys developed the keen eye for... Bergman's work. There were many conversations we've had where we, you know, is this continental? Is this flint? Is this 
<laughs> right. Uh, looking at American tiles or looking at historical tiles, unless if you're able to you know, chip the tiles out of the wall and look at the back of them, it can be difficult to say who made what. So that's probably why this book took three years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and something that was really beautiful about the book is you know, there are nearly 1,300 photos in the book. I know. We counted that at the end. We have more. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly of Bergman's tile work and tiles made in his factory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm assuming so many of the photos are taken by you. Yes, I, I, I took a majority of the photos in the book. And I had gone back to all the places that Kelly and Kathy went to as well. And, you know, because uh, a lot of the visits that Kelly and Kathy went to, uh, they had done in the early 2000s. They had gone to buildings that are no longer here, especially the Continental Factory itself that was torn down in 2008. And uh, the South Milwaukee Middle School as well, that was torn down in 2003, I think. Uh, we have photographs of things that are just lost now. Right. I was going to ask you, how did you know where to go in Milwaukee and other surrounding cities to find his tiles? So, you know, certainly Kelly and Kathy, I mean, having worked on this for so many years, they had already an inventory of tiles installations in the Milwaukee area, and they didn't give it to me right away. They, I had to work for it. <laughs> and, you know, though, I'm familiar with the architecture, especially from the 20s and 30s. I mean, that was the heyday for architectural terracotta. So uh, I just kind of knew where to look. And (laughs) I mean, I just, it's like my eyes are a magnet for these, I swear. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the Wisconsin Historical Society website is an amazing resource to do building research. So for buildings that were outside of the city of Milwaukee and throughout the state, I was able to use their online resource to look up properties and yeah it was really interesting to learn that over a dozen schools across milwaukee and wauwatosa kept continental in business during the great depression in the 1930s why did so many schools want tiles and why was it so popular there's a lot of things to say about that in the 1920s is really when almost every school if it was being built it had tiles put in it somewhere, usually at the drinking fountains. Uh, But kindergarten rooms with fireplaces, tiled fireplaces, nursery rhymes, animals on them, that was the trend. And there were many reasons for that. Uh, You know, this is coming out of the arts and craft movement where domestic art was really important. It's also coming out of post-World War I, where you've got the country itself was trying to encourage homes to be more sanitary because of the the great influenza. So this idea also affected the schools. And the reason they say is that they wanted kindergartners to feel at comfort at school and to help transition them from the home life, because they probably had fireplaces at home with tile. Um, But they wanted to transition them into the school. Uh, Just, it's it's incredible what they would do. Well, I was really sad to learn the Continental Tile Factory was demolished in 2008. Why do you think it's important to preserve tile work similar to Bergman's? It is really sad that the factory was torn down in 2008, and a lot of residents in South Milwaukee agree with that. It was not the opinion of the majority, for sure. I want to just talk about that building specifically because, you know, if people don't know the value of what's there, then they're not going to be as inclined to preserve it. And 
I don't know how many tile factory buildings like still exist from that era. You know, Batchelder's home still exists, but I'm not sure of how many of these type of tiled showrooms from that interwar period are around. And it was three rooms covered in tile, floor and wall. I, I understand at the time that the industrial buildings behind it were an eyesore and I mean, some people saw potential. Jay Benkowski had an entire design to turn it into condominiums. But as I understand it, just that wasn't the trend in the early 2000s in that area. But, you know, if people don't know what they have, then they're not going to be as inclined to keep it. I mean, certainly not every tile installation is necessary to keep. I mean, there's, there's stuff that's valuable and there's things that are not. And But I think, you know, if the dollar does mean anything other than money, it, it's speaking to its value. Absolutely. I was going to ask, how has Carl Bergman's work influenced your own work as a tile maker, or has he? Oh, definitely. (laughs) He definitely has influenced my tile work. In many ways, he's helped freed me up to be the artist I've always wanted to be. For a long time, I did ceramic sculpture, and I would invest a lot of time in one piece, and then it would crack or fall apart. And I very good with failure, <laughs> as most ceramists are. And, you know, now now instead of working on a life-size piece or, you know, a bust, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm working on four-inch tiles and six-inch. Sometimes it's two-inch size tiles that I'm carving and glazing, and, and it's fun. It's just working on this small scale and taking a tile and repeating it, you know, 200 times. <laughs> It's it's uh it's really engaging and and I I missed drawing you know mm-hmm. that's that's the great thing about creating tiles that you can draw on the material and then you get to paint on it with glaze and bring it bring it to life with color so it's allowed me to express parts of my experience in the world oh, that's <laughs> uh, that yeah sculpture never did so wow mm-hmm. yeah well Ben thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing your work with me. My pleasure. Ben Tyeski is a co-author, local tile maker, and art teacher from Milwaukee Public Schools. He spoke with Lake Effect's Excret Nunez, and you can learn more about the book at wuwm.com.